0: Man, I'm very, very honored uh, to be here. You guys are messing me up. You guys, are, this church is messing me up. Quiet. Are you guys Presbyterian? <laughs> because I just, I just got PTSD because I was raised Presbyterian. So, uh, you know Presbyterians, they're called the frozen chosen. That was how I was raised. Okay. Sense of humor at the 11. Is this the nine? What, what service is it? I don't know. Ten. See, I'm in between it all. My wife's preaching at our church right now. So I just, uh, I want her to really know I'm up here preaching. I think deep down, so I got to take a picture of all of us. Can we do that? Come on. I want her to, I miss, my, I miss my kids. Right, everybody, come on, give a little wave. I want her to know I'm not up snowboarding in Vail. She goes, sure, sure, some church invited you out there. Uh-huh. Are you even friends with that pastor? Well, I am now. You guys are amazing, I'm honored to be here, Friday night was radical, Um, listen, I I just know where you guys are going, I hope you're ready for it. That first service was hungry, so I I hope you guys, I heard the bar gets raised at this service, is that true? Or is all the hungry people over at the uh, upper room, do I need to just walk over to the upper room? We'll, we'll, We'll live stream it in here, no, maybe, okay, I'm feeling you out, All right, get ready. I do want to pray over a couple, when the Holy Spirit starts moving, I'm just going to tell you, when you grew up in church and uh, you never saw the power before, and then when you go to a church and then the Holy Spirit unleashes, you never want to go back to that other place. So I I just, I'm not going to apologize because I ain't going back. So if it already got uncorked at the first service, I can't go back. We can't just preach a little, you know, fuzzy message, even though if you came for one, amen, uh, God's got way bigger plans than that way bigger plans than that. You're under an apostolic anointing in this church. You have a pastor that's a creative, that's a worshiper, but when he steps up and speaks, there's an apostolic anointing on everything that comes out. And I need you all to know that, because when I've been around it, I see radical things start to move. The culture in this church, it reminds me, and I never forget where I come from. I don't forget where I come from in business. I'm a marketplace guy, I never thought I'd be preaching. But I mean, you know, God has a sense of humor. Not all of you do, okay. Well, by the end of it, you'll know that. And if you wonder why I keep checking my pants right here, it's not because I think my zipper's down. But one of your kind ladies sewed my, st- I wore these the other day and I, I walked out, and i like, oh man, my fly's down. And then it wasn't, it was just ripped. And uh, one of your sweet ladies in the church, thank you, sewed it. But I still have PTSD, so I keep checking it. You know, it's like, you did a great job. She double-stitched it. Not that I need it, but it's double-stitched. If that's TMI, I apologize. I just preach what comes, you know. But I'm telling you, 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 you might not know where you're going, but when, when he was talking about there's a prophetic word on that, let it rain, there's gonna be a flood coming. It's not a song you sing and and I wanna double down on it because you better be ready for when the flood comes. It's a lot of snow up there, when it starts raining, there's gonna be a literal flood coming and and hopefully the cities are ready. But in the church, you need to be ready. What, What does that mean? That God is preparing this church for the influx, the flood that is coming. The flood of the prophetic, the healing, the deliverance, stuff that I did not grow up in. I was just a, well, I was going to say I was a good little Christian boy. I wasn't even a good little Christian boy. Uh, I went to church out of honor of my mom and dad. But I'm going to tell you, when I met a crazy pastor from Australia, he ushered in the Holy Spirit into San Diego like we've never seen before. And he had nice pastors that sat him down and said, hey, don't let the Holy Spirit move in this town. You'll never be a church over 200. Now we got eight locations. we had another location open this morning and they have an overflow room set up. I was just watching the thread. They're in their first service right now at nine o'clock and they're in overflow and God's already breaking out. I'm gonna tell you what God's doing in that city. I feel the same thing. I feel the same echo, the same heartbeat. One of the things is when when you hear a prophetic word or you hear your pastor say something then you better reach up into heaven and pull that thing down. An aggressive church pulls miracles out of heaven. And my men's prayer meeting, if I don't see men reaching their hand up when they hear a God story, then I'm not teaching right. If someone's given up sharing their testimony, I don't care if it's finance, I don't care if it's deliverance, I don't care if it's in their marriage, I don't care if it's in breaking addiction, breaking pornography, whatever that thing is, I want to see hands going up because I know there's more men in that prayer meeting that need that breakthrough. And then in church, I want to see hands up randomly, whew, pull that miracle down. If you hear something today, you need that breakthrough, you pull that thing down. You pull that miracle. The devil wants to get you numb and a good little Christianese the about Christian. There's plenty of safe churches, but that's not what this is. I didn't come out here to preach at a safe church. I didn't come out here to preach at a warm and fuzzy church that does isn't do anything for the kingdom. I came out to find warriors with the heartbeat of heaven that are out here in Colorado that believe God is gonna do something radical. And I'm gonna tell you that I feel the echo of that DNA in this house. See, our church started when there was like almost 40 people in a Marriott hotel. And now to see what God has done We were just San Diego. We had a vision of four campuses in San Diego. And we hit campus number two. God gave my pastor another vision and said, no, no, no. I just wanted you to take out. Now that you're two, you know you can do four. The bigger vision is 16 campuses. You're going to surround the city. Come out with your hands up. And that's what we're doing. And then all of a sudden, you know, we took over a church that, you know, had lost the way in Salt Lake City. And God's bringing revival. And God, we're surrounding that city right now. Already bought a building. It was one. We're going to do it in four. We're going to surround Salt Lake City and break down strongholds. And then God sent, sent us to Idaho randomly. But it's not so random. And we just bought a building. We just have our first preview service tonight. It's going to be radical. They've been having prayer meetings up there. We started having prayer meetings that are bigger than some of my campuses in San Diego. Revival will break out in Idaho. God is sending up these, putting these positions. of of strategic precisions and locations. So when the next thing happens, mighty believers are rising up right now. We are being equipped. We are the church that's being equipped. You are a church being equipped. It's not about a building, even though there's a new building, God is equipping and has a mantle on you in this church to do radical things. I'm gonna tell you, there is some of the most amazing people I've met since I've been here. And I just came in Friday night to speak to a bunch of men, but I see that there's a sparkle in their eyes. They're not just mere men, not common men. There's hungry men. And if you're sitting in this church, you may not even know why yet, but you will feel a calling and something spark when you walk in the door and you're gonna get an assignment while you're here. Can you stay under that assignment? I encourage you to stay under. Let God shake the world off you so you can hear the sound of heaven. It's already happening right now. So I promise I'll preach this time. We're going to do a couple things. I never got to my preach last time, I, you know, but God had some words for some specific generals in the army of this house that he needed to confirm his word in. And he's already been working on some of you Right here, right now. And the spirit of God's going to move. And those of you that need to be healing, God is going to heal you today. Those of you that need to get your heart checked, he's going to be doing heart checks. Those of you that are calloused or critical or your heart is just feeling numb right now, he's going to bring Brack to life. You're going to feel your heart start to beat with the house of God again. I don't know where you're at. I didn't come out here to check your pulse. Because this church is alive. And a supernatural church does supernatural things and equips you with supernatural resources. And that's what God's doing right now. I encourage you, I want you to stand to your feet real quick. I do this every time. It's a confession of faith. We're going to read it real quick. Just to send a warning flare out to the devil. I just, you know, I don't really feel sorry for the devil. I just want to give him a warning. What's up? So he can get as far away from this town as possible. When I flew into Denver, no joke, when I got out, Sensitive in the spirit, I felt, uh, I felt a spirit of oppression over Denver. And as I drove in the car, I felt it get lighter and lighter and lighter. And let me tell you, this city, there's something special about it. I send to my wife, check out Zillow, baby. There's something going on in this city. <laughs> you think I'm joking? God's giving me eyes to see, and I want to be a part of everything radical. So I bought a house in Park City. It's bringing a lot of joy to my kids. They're learning how to ski. I can go preach on a Sunday. I haven't felt that before. I'm like, man, do I gotta buy something in Idaho? I'm about to buy something in Havasu. I need some heat. San Diego's cold right now. But when I landed here, I felt that same spirit jump when I stayed up at my hotel. And I tell you this because as I opened the windows to look out, I saw this beautiful mountain range and there's only one other time. And I told the first service and I now know cause God wants me to repeat it. This isn't just about a vision. This is actually something that you need to see because I saw this you know, years ago, when I walked out of my balcony one day and I, I got out of my grass backyard, there's a mountain range in San Diego. And I fell to my knees because I was whoa. It was like one of my first real visions and I saw angels up on those mountains. And I remember the Holy Spirit speaking to me. Finally, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit started speaking to me and says, I put these angels surrounding the city and they're ready to go to war. And you, what you declare will become... They're going to fight for their city. I have assigned them to San Diego. I want you to see them, to know that there's a, not just a mantle of protection, there's a hedge of protection of warrior angels up ready for the assignment that you will call them into. And man, I haven't seen that since. Until I opened my window of my hotel and looked out and I was sitting there listening to worship music, looking out, going, man, how beautiful is that? And then all of a sudden I saw the angels being revealed to me. And I saw the hair on my arms stand up, the back of my neck. And it's the first time in years I've seen those same warring angels assigned to a city. You need to know, you need to know that we war not against flesh and blood. But there are principalities, and God has assigned angels to that mountain range to look down upon the city. They are right there. You can call them down. You can call them down to take territory. Some of you are looking at me kind of cray-cray, and that's fine. And you can pray to help your unbelief. And I'm just going to tell you, listen, I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be on the inside, something craving something spiritually coming awake in my life, but I don't know what, I'm halfway nervous, I'm halfway like, what is this? I'm emotional, I feel this heartbeat, but you just have to stay in it. That means no matter what you get in your head when you leave here and you don't understand and something's gonna feel right in your spirit, your spirit's gonna come back to life because it's been a little dry. And when you come into a spiritual awakening, even though your head can't comprehend His ways are not your ways. You keep coming back to the house where you feel something moving in your spirit and something's gonna get birthed in your spirit and you will come alive. How do I know it's happened to me? And because it's happened to me, I've been able to reproduce it over and over and over. I didn't have to go look for new friends that understood. I just got all my friends saved and assigned. And we're doing the kingdom business together. Some of you, you're going to lock arms and something's going to come to lie, but there are warring angels on assignment for this city. There is something is about to go down in this city, like that flood coming. And he just wants a church who's listening with ears to hear, a heart to receive, and the men that are ready to step out first and lead our families and lead our marriages and lead our kids. And then you're going to see a great awakening happen right here in the city. Man, I've met amazing people everywhere I've gone here. They are hungry. This is like fish in a barrel at this city, I'm going to tell you. You give me one more week, there will be more visitor cards here than you guys have seen in three months. I was like, check your visitor cards. Let's hurry up and get that building open. God is going to be sending people to resource this church. Some of you are marketplace giants. You just didn't know where to assign your gifting to, which is called advancing the kingdom. You don't need to look any further. I didn't come out here just for a church. I sniffed something and I go, this is another supernatural thing. What you did in San Diego, you're about to do there. I see the anointing on this pastor. I see the mighty men that have surrounded him as armor bears. There is something about to go down here. Now what happened next was God started sending marketplace giants to Awaken Church to now fund the kingdom. We just raised $12 million at one dinner. Trust me, that stuff is radical. Listen, listen, at our first dinner we ever went to, there was 30 of us in a room. We raised a million dollars. I was like, whoa, it was so radical. It messed me up. And then I felt the Holy Spirit says, you can do more and be more in the marketplace. This is before I was a pastor. I said, all right, I'm willing, let's go. And when I understood management, because it's all his anyways... This church is going to learn management. Some of you marketplace leaders, you're going to understand stewardship and management at a new level. And God's going to be able to trust you with more because of what you've managed so far. And as you step out and trust him, what you've managed in the natural, he's going to put the super on. You're going to start seeing stuff just to resource the kingdom, not for your account, but his account. And when you understand that revelation, how fast things can move, you will surround the city. You've already got angels assigned to you to go to war for this city. Now you're going to resource this house. You may not understand it yet, but hold on to it. So this is a confession of faith. Every year, God gives me a new one. I'm in the middle of my new one at my campus right now. But I read through my confessions of faith and felt this one was for this campus, and we're just going to read it. If you don't believe it, that's totally cool. It's just a declaration of faith. And some of you are going to be like, I don't like declaring anything. That's fine. You can just cross your arms, but I I think it's good for you. (laughs) I know the fruit of it. You might not understand it or believe it, but you can declare it. And you keep declaring a thing until you believe a thing. And when it drops 18 inches into your heart, it becomes a confession of faith. But whatever it is for you, let's just speak it out so God can land on it. You guys with me? Come on, let's say it together. Here we go. Today, I operate in your overflow. I am grateful and focused on what lies ahead. I declare unshakable joy over my life. I live on your word, your truth, your promises. I declare great health over my life and that my soul prospers. Let your kingdom come, your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody. All right, you can be seated. And I just want to read Ephesians six twelve, just in case you missed it. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Listen, I came to tell you that uh, I've been reading in Elijah, or been reading about Elijah in 1 Kings. And I'm going to tell you that fear can overwhelm people. Fear can shut down people. As you do something new that's uncomfortable, all you know, new things of growth happen outside the comfort zone. All things. All things new. When you step out new, it can get a little uncomfortable. You can go to a new church and get uncomfortable. Your kids, I remember sending my kids to kids' church. They're like, what? What are we doing? But now my daughter's on the worship team and she's 10. Matter of fact, she gets so crazy about it, she, may, she can't get a ride. She's like, dad, you're taking me. 7 a.m. I want to go to worship. I'm thinking to myself, what was I doing at 10 years old? The last place I wanted to be was in church. And now I have a 10-year-old telling me I have to drive her or else. And even when I don't feel like, it, you know what I think? Dear Lord, I am so thankful. I've been praying for a daughter that loves the Lord. I am driving her to church right now. I never thought that would be happening, but I want you to know something that fear can shut us down. It could shut us down and stepping out in faith. Fear can shut us down into wanting to play small because it's comfortable. Fear can be an emotion that can save your life so you don't fall off a cliff. But when you let that fear stay there, that emotion, a spirit can attach to it and then shut you down in all things possible. I'm telling you something that you have a fearless leader. That is attracting fearless men and women that want to be forged to do something greater than it's ever been done in the city. Why would God God call a young couple from Australia and send them to it? I've never even heard of this town. (laughs) I met with friend from a a friend that I went to college with We both went to Westmont and he was shocked. I was driving up here. He's like, there's a church up there. That's like a bold church. I said, yeah. I didn't realize how far he drove. He's almost halfway between Denver and Colorado Springs. And he goes, literally, I'm going to figure out how to rearrange and get to that church. Do you think they can plant a church down here? I said, well, don't worry. It'll be down there soon enough. A church alive is worth the drive. I have people that wait two hours at the border just to get to one of my campuses. Because God's doing something radical there. What started off as small has turned into this church, and we are bold. When stuff went down in 2020, guess what? When we finally started to see what was going on, we opened up. And we attracted every radical, bold Christian I know. I was so grateful because I always pray, God, I don't want to lead a church that just gets Christianese. I don't want to be around men that are fake and they, they come to men's prayer. And then when you ask them how they're doing, they're like I'm doing great pastor. I'm doing great. And then I find out they get their car repossessed two weeks later. They were broke as the joke, but everything was great. That's not kingdom. I don't want to be around a church that says everything's great. And then all of a sudden I find out that I got this amazing couple that are separated because the devil got in there and created division. Where there's unity, God commands a blessing. Let's get some unity up in the house of God. Let's start talking about some real stuff. I want a real church. We have three terms. It says it's fresh, it's real, it's powerful. I feel that same anointing. This feels like a very healthy, familiar spirit. You are an extension of family. And guess what? There's other fire starters around this nation that are rising up with the same thing. We want to build a real church, a faith church, a bold church, where people can come in broken. This could be a hospital, but we don't leave you there. God can heal you there and then send you out to join the army to do radical things. What part do you want to play today? For whatever reason, don't let fear hold you back. Fear of the unknown, fear of the unbelief, fear of the doubt, whatever it may be. God has sent me to tell you that he has more for you. What do you believe? Do you believe in the supernatural? Are you filled with the Holy Ghost? Do you want to let the Holy Ghost operate in you and through you so your family can walk in power and authority? Or do we just want to play safe Christianese? Not really say anything, not be bold. What kind of church do you want to come to today? What kind of impartation do you want to pick up? What kind of Christians do we want to be? I know who your pastor is. I've started to see the man, but see, now we're bigger on a Sunday. We can get a little dicey up in here. All are welcome. But some of you got to pick up and put on something new. There's going to be a new jacket God wants you to wear, a new mantle. He wants you to walk out with some authority, a new level of leadership he's calling you to. A new level of seeking him first, he's asking you to step into. A new level of faithfulness, he's asking you to step into. Be so hungry, you're thinking to myself, when is the next, when's the next thing I can get to? When's that next DNA class? Why are they only once a month? I can't wait that long. I'm going to drive to that pastor's house. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. But there's got to be a hunger. And I'm telling you, hunger comes from a courage. And courage is forward motion in the presence of fear. If you read this first Kings, I want to show you a couple things because I le- I got to let you know that when I first came to my church, I was uncomfortable because I started seeing people get healed. And I talked about this on Friday night. I started seeing some radical healings and some of you need to start believing again for some radical Jesus up in here. We can read about it and it feels safe. Some of you shouldn't leave the book of Acts for a while. Some of you should only read the miracles of Jesus for a while and nothing else. Some of you need just to show up with an open heart and an open mind so you can get that cynical, critical spirit off your heart. Because the devil has been lying to you and you've been putting some agreement to it, making some yeses with some inner vows that he doesn't want you to step out into faith. When you come in, it could feel a little raw for a while, but God's got to heal up some stuff. So you can get ready for the rain, be ready for the flood, be ready to see a revival break out in this town. And it's gonna be good for you. But if you let the whispers of the enemy get louder and louder, you won't quiet the noise of the world. You're either gonna be a part of the world and the culture of it, or you're gonna rebel against it. My cousin, a PK, a pastor's kid, I was the black sheep of my family, nine cousins. I was the black sheep. But I had a praying mama. But my uncle, largest Presbyterian church in all California, preached for 25 years, faithfully still preaching in the covenant movement, doing radical things. His daughter came to my church and she had a lump in her breast. And in the middle of this guy preaching, another Ozzy. Why does God use these Ozzys? Man, it drives me crazy. Another Ozzy just preaching, he stops right in the middle of his preach and he says, There's a woman here, and you have a lump in your in your breast tissue. And if you have enough faith to run down here right now, God has enough faith to heal you. And I'm thinking to myself, Christianese, second row, wasn't a pastor, maybe just six years in, just building my faith, still healing. I was like, oh man, that's my my cousin. Oh man, she brought her atheist boyfriend. Oh man, he's a third degree black belt. Oh man, oh my gosh, what is he thinking right now? I wonder if she'll do it. She's Presbyterian. She ain't gonna run down here. She... She's up there. Next thing you know, she runs right by me. She was up in the bleachers at the Boys and Girls Club. I will never forget where I came from—a little Boys and Girls Club. We probably had 300 people. Man, she ran by me. She went right up to him. He's like, "Your faith." Boom. Prayed for her power. God hit her. Laid her out. She didn't believe in that. I didn't believe in that. My own cousin laid out. I'm looking at her. Next thing you know, I'm second row. Right where big clay is. Boom. Third degree black belt in my ear. Did that guy just punch my fiance? What just happened to my girlfriend? Why is she on the ground right now? What's going on? Did he hurt her? I'm going to go mess him up right now. And so this dude, I love it. He stopped. He goes right back to preaching. Gets right back to the word, starts preaching. He goes, just let God do what God's going to do over there. So I said, bro, just calm down. Just like, you don't say hold your hand to another man. He's like, but I wanted to. I said, just sit right here. He's like, what's going on? I said, shh. Three minutes later, felt like half an hour later, she jumps up crying. Oh my God, it's gone, it's gone. See, I'm a chiropractor. I sell crack for a living. The good stuff, the good stuff. (laughs) I had tried helping her with every resource that I had. Every resource that I tried helping her, I tried opening up doors for her. The doctors were saying, we just got to cut it off. That was their solution in chemo. She ran up for her miracle. She got up saying, it's gone. She couldn't hug you. She had to do the side thing on the other side. It was like a big deal. She hugged him so hard. It's gone. It's gone. She is weeping. She is crying. I'm crying. He's like, this is amazing. And he was trying to do like some testimony. Come on, build the faith. You know, he was just trying to, all right, what, you know, get the testimony. People are losing their mind. Next thing you know, Mr. Black Belt, never been in church, atheist runs up, grabs his mic, and he said, God knows I love this girl. And I said, if you're real, God, I'll give you my life right now. If you heal my fiance, I'll give you my life. I don't even know you. I don't even know if this is real. But if you heal her, I'm all in. He gave his life to Jesus right there. Listen, the guy never got back to his sermon. Wrecked a place, (laughs) altar call, full wrecked. I'm a wreck. I'm like, what is going on? It was a taste of the kingdom. Don't wear a shirt that says, bring heaven to Colorado unless you want it. You pull that miracle down if you need that healing miracle. You want to see heaven come to this town? You pull that miracle down. Everything changed in my family. What do you think my aunt did when she found out her daughter got healed in my church? That radical church her nephew goes to. Let's believe in the Acts church is alive today. They're up there preaching the good word. Well, guess what happened? She came to service that next week. My aunt cried the whole service. She canceled her plans for the week, stayed the next Sunday. She cried that whole service. She went back and grabbed my uncle and says, you haven't ran. You used to, I know you're a man of God, but you haven't been seeking after God since your knee started hurting. And he used to run marathons and talk to God while he ran, but he stopped that. Still preaching. Guess what? My aunt got down, laid her hands on the knee. This Presbyterian good, obedient wife laid hands on that knee. Power of God hit the knee. She got that, my uncle Doug got healed that day. Let me tell you, that. my uncle Doug went for a run. He heard from the Lord for the first time. Fresh anointing, fresh oil, fresh voice from heaven. You know what the Lord said to my uncle after all those years of a dry season? After he just got healed, messing up his theology about healing by his wife? first thing God says, put your wife in the pulpit. You don't put a wife in the pulpit at a Presbyterian church. Fear the Lord or fear a man. He put my aunt in the pulpit that next Sunday. More salvations in one service than had happened in the entire year. A move of God happened in that Presbyterian church. Sad part is the board couldn't handle it. Asked them to step down after 25 years of service because that's plain religion. God's not looking for a church to play religion. He's looking where he can let the Holy Spirit land and start a fire that can be an igniter for other churches to believe and make a stand for righteousness, make a stand for healing, make a stand for people to be healed, set free. I'm going to tell you, because I've watched a pastor be faithful, not to the noise of the culture, but faithful to the boldness and make a stand, people will come in and get healed every single Sunday. I have a list of healing. I could preach messages on healing and deliverance. We have a full deliverance team. I just had Rex Crane show up at our church and wreck the entire place. I was wondering if I was even saved afterwards. We just had our men's conference. We had 3,000 men that showed up in the middle of nowhere. Let me just tell you, to get 3,000 men to do anything (laughs) under a tent worshiping, power of God fell in that place. I wanna show you a testimony of one of the men. I shared it the other night for the men that showed up, but I want you to, re- I want you to read this. This is a man that came to emerge. No one knew his story. He was walking around with a burden that said cancer on it, but what is, what's the story behind it? You all have a story. If you have that picture of that young man, maybe. I'm gonna read it to you. This is Pastor Matt. He, uh, he sits with me and under me. He's our Salt Lake City campus pastor, amazing man of God. He was a young adults leader in my church that we had to sit down for a while because we just needed him to, to work out some stuff, him and his bride. And he got through a fence and got through and God refiner's fire, got him set back up for when he's ready. He's now taken a church and an, incre- an incredible pastor, ripping a move of God up in Salt Lake City like you've never seen. But let me read this. Jesus, this is AJ, been in our church for five weeks. Somebody say five weeks. That's called nothing. He's a newbie. Grew up Catholic, wanted to be a priest until he was raped by a priest in seminary. He left faith and lived a bisexual lifestyle because of the hurt and the confusion caused in that trauma. Found out he had stage three cancer, wasn't looking good. Starts coming to awaken, remember five weeks ago, comes to emerge, which was two weeks ago. At the burden burning, the whole campus laid hands on him for healing from cancer, and he felt the power of God go through his body he went to the hospital yesterday so here's what happened Emerge was thursday friday saturday burden burning was friday night he got prayed for friday night felt power go through him saturday he's like whoa something feels different about me went to church on sunday back in salt lake city just praising his face off and on monday the first place he went is to the hospital his oncologist they ran body scan ran him all these tests listen he had a full body scan so then he comes to tuesday morning prayer doctors came comes in shocked and says, all the tumors are gone. He has no sign of cancer. Today at men's prayer, shares this story and says, God's real. And he's going all in at Awakening because he knows God is the real deal. Let me just tell you. Some of you still don't believe. That's okay. That's okay. We're going to believe right now. Let me show you the picture of what happened. Someone was recording, uh, you know, kind of an unbeliever and he was recording this picture and, uh, and we screenshot it because he saw this flash of light go up in the air when this guy screamed, felt power hit his body. Boom! Screams. That's the picture. You can see that little kind of light in the middle of the flame. Is there the zoom-up picture of that? That was actually a demon leaving his body. I'm going to tell you something. Our war isn't against flesh and blood. There are demonic principalities that come to kill, steal, and destroy, and how serious do you want to play church? We didn't come out here to play church. I came up here to speak to an army of men and women that believe in the almighty power of God, that you can be healed, delivered, set free, set up to do radical things for the kingdom. Man, this life is but a blink, and we just want to go like, yeah, I went to church on Sunday. Church on Sunday. Church on Sunday is where you bring all your friends that need an injection of faith, hope, and love. Church on Sunday, you don't need a pastor to read a story and spoon feed you. You can read the word of God. The more word you get on it, the more authority and power you will walk in. If you can't walk in power and authority, it's because you don't got the word on the inside of you. And let me tell you, before I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, I'd read the Bible, it put me to sleep. But when I got infused with the Holy Ghost, when you read the Word of God, it comes alive. It's powerful. Something starts to change. And then I'm around other believers. And listen, when you start building a church based on those testimonies, it's, at first you're like, oh, that's radical. When I don't get these, that's when I start to see what's going on in my church. I can give you a book of God's stories right now that can sh- rattle your faith, that can shake you to the core, but that's not what I'm here to do. I'm just here to tell you, don't let fear stop you from stepping into God's calling. Go read this First Kings. We are in a fight. Listen, Elijah, he was, had courage. He was faithful. He had a prayer life. He was obedient. He had boldness. But see, what happens is the devil comes to strip those things out of you. And if he could plant that little seed of fear or that little seed of timidity or that little seed of just be a good Christian then what happens is the church gets weak. And as the church gets weak, so a nation goes. This nation was founded not on weak men. Every signature signed to that constitution wasn't weak men. They would ride all through the night in sleet, in rain, in snow to do whatever it takes. Some of you honestly need to go watch John Wick 4. Thank you. Honestly, like the devil's out there tearing our families apart. We're distracted by porn. When you when you get the assignment and you realize that's a distraction, it will never distract you again. When we're so busy building the kingdom and building your own faith, you have someone that's equipped to teach you and disciple you. Jesus does the saving. For those of you who don't know Jesus, I'm gonna ask the pastor to come up and give you an invitation that you can get Jesus in your heart. You can't do all these radical things without him. He's the way, the truth, the life. There's only one way. Heaven is real. We are a spirit having a physical experience and Jesus is real. He's the connecting the bridge to an eternal life. He can give you that invitation. But see, the reason I love the whole thing with Jesus, I know he loves you. It's freedom. It's your choice. You have a free will. You get to make the decision. That's why like with tithing, just to let you know, God loves you so much, he doesn't make you tithe. You get freedom to tithe. You know who doesn't love you? Is the government. They take your money before you get that first cent in your paycheck. Because they don't love you, so they take it from you. That's called taxes. Tithing is like, I love you. I'm going to trust you to do what you need to do. And as you build that relationship, when you sow your heart, Where your treasure is, so is your heart. When you have the revelation of how much God loves you, he's going to do whatever it takes to redeem you, set you up, set you free. God is calling some of you to pick up some weapons of your warfare and step in and get in line. Every one of you has a destiny and a gift. There's no such thing as retirement in the kingdom. You have an assignment. God has brought you here today to stir something up in your spirit you got to believe again. you got to believe again. As I lounge this, listen, you got to believe the four things, three things real quick. Believe the word. Locate yourself. I wonder how much I really believe the word. I'm not here to judge anybody on a scale of one to five. Five is the most. One is, where are you at with your believing of the word? Because I want God to stir something in you to get your belief system right. Number two is resist the devil. The Bible talks about resisting the devil and he will flee. But if you don't learn how to resist the devil, he's gonna wreck your family. I don't care how tough you think you are. I'm around a bunch of Navy Seals. I got more SEALs in my church than anything. I don't care how tough you are trained up in the world. There's a spiritual battle that needs way different training. And God has sent someone equipped to train you with the spiritual warfare. Third one is you gotta deal with doubt. Every one of us are going to doubt. The Bible talks about it all throughout. I'm just going to tell you in James 1, 5 through 8. Someone write that doubt. The Bible says that doubt is the destroyer of life. He who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. And I'm asking you today, let your prayer be, Lord, make me aware. I came out from San Diego to tell you. We're probably just a few things in front of you. You could catch up. You could pass us based on your belief, based on your ability to locate where your doubt level is out and get rid of doubt. You could far surpass us and come out and train us how to help us go to the next level. God is outside of time. He's out. He's got more resources, maybe here than anywhere. He can resource whatever you need, but what is your doubt level? What can God do in this city? Let's get rid of doubt, just locate it. Lord, make me aware. Now you know how to attack it to get it out of your marriage, to get it out of your kid's life, to get it out of your family. Do not doubt. Know that God has called you on assignment to this city to do radical things. Not play it safe, not to have a job, not to have Oh, I'm just here because, you know, God just had me out there, I'm building this business. No, you're not, it's an assignment for the kingdom. Last one, defeat fear. You can only do that by showing up. I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat talker. If God says, come, I'm gonna step out. If God says, prophesy, I'm gonna prophesy. If God highlights you, I'm gonna pray for you. If God's telling me to do something, I'm gonna be obedient because I've watched God do it so many radical times. I don't wanna miss out on being used by God in this short window of time. We have more miracles happening now in our kids' church, kids getting healed because of bold kids, but they had to learn it from somewhere. That's not a babysitting church over there. That's not a babysitting kids' church. They're being empowered with prophetic pictures to be released. Some of their faith's gonna stir your faith. What are you believing for today? I want you to stand up. I'm gonna pray an impartation. I know what God's done in San Diego. He's no respecter of persons. Listen, dude, I'm just a chiropractor and thought I was a marketplace guy and then God got a hold of my heart. Mostly because my wife slapped me around. Said, would you just fall in line? My grandpa was a Baptist preacher. I made an inner vow. I didn't like pastors, definitely barely like Christians. My grandpa taught me everything, ping pong, cribbage, rummy, Mentor golf. I just want to beat you at anything because of my grandpa. He instilled a fight in me. He led one of my friends to the Lord the night he passed away that I've been praying for. He handed this to me a week before he died and then I went back to college. My wife found it and laminated it and says, the spirit of the Lord is upon you because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recover sight of the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. And when he handed this to me, I looked at it, I folded it up and I put it in my pocket. I said, oh man, I love you. Just go be with the Lord, I got my own journey. My grandpa pulled me in. He says, the Lord's never gonna give up on you. I was in the middle of my mess, but God loved me so much, he sent a crazy pastor from Australia to come and speak some radical things to me about a radical God that I'd never seen. I don't care where you're at. I don't care what you believe. God's not intimidated by your unbelief. He's not intimidated by your fear. He's not intimidated by your circumstance. God is going to stir something. I came out here from San Diego to put a fire in some bones that need a fire. Your pastor's already got a fire. I came to elicit the army of the Lord to rise up, to step up, to know that he's already done something in San Diego. And we're going to, you want to see, we'll redeem California. I'm called to stay in California and redeem it. The Lord spoke to my grandpa. He said, don't let this old man's theology keep you out of your destiny. I know you're in the right church at the right time. Just raise your hands. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord. There's not one accident in this building. Everybody that's at church today was called to be in this seat at this time. For your anointing for their healing for their heart to be restored for their assignment to be released god i thank you who you've called to this house i thank you lord that they come in as armor bearers they come in with their assignment to win a city to make your name famous We thank you for those that are being healed of addiction right now under the sound of my voice. God, I thank you, Lord, they are set free completely. I thank you for marriages that are operating at the same level of the world. Anoint their marriage, heal their marriage. Anything that's not of you in that marriage, we bind and break by the authority of Jesus right now. Rekindle that flame in the name of Jesus. God, and I pray the mantle over this church that no weapon formed against it will prosper, that you're directing the steps of this church and you've sent your warring angels to feed every enemy that comes at them. I uh, thank you for not the building that they have, but the more that are coming in Jesus' name, that God stories, the miracles, and the healings coming out of this campus, out of this church, some of the greatest ministers, some of the greatest preachers, some of the greatest teachers, some of the greatest worship leaders, some of the most creative songs with a fresh voice of heaven, a touch of God on them, that the nations will sing to glorify the King of kings. We honor you today. And everybody said, amen. I'm gonna-